sweet spirit of God. Thank you, everlasting Father. Nori abro fitos prandes critos plaitos. Venehiandes cantegre iomos candele. Bilobros paikos be. Nan can be compared to you. This gathering is dedicated to you. Thank you. Dwell in the midst of your people. Amen. The sound of hallelujah will continue in your household. And the power of God will be made available to you. This is about no man. This is not about me or man of God. This is about Jesus. I pray that I see Christ all over the walls. I believe he's in your heart also. Glory and those petitions. I asked man of God, now what team are you using? And I saw on the flyer, let my people go. Exodus chapter 9. Let my people go. Glory to Jesus. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews. Let my people go. So that they may worship me. The reason. Earlier on in Exodus, I think somewhere, maybe four or five. He says, tell them, let my people go that they may celebrate some festive with me. And then he says again, let them go so that they may worship me. <laughs> so, it appears that this instruction of the Lord was upon the premise of his people coming into worship with him. Now the church today looks for deliverance for all other reasons but this one. He says that the reason why I want you to release them is not per se because they cried, but because I have a, a relationship with them. That this bondage hinders that relationship. You didn't shout a big amen. The reason for God's instruction is that he needs the people to come and worship him. The fellowship, the intimacy, the koinonia between God and his people were being interrupted because of some satanic bondage. So he says, you got to release them so you shouldn't miss that part. If you look at the scripture very well, Exodus 9, the continuation, 9, 1 and 2, you will see, he says that so that they may worship me. The premise of this scripture is born out of God's immense love for his children. This, this is more about love than it is about deliverance. This is born out of a father's love for his children. 
Luke chapter 11, verse number 13. Luke 11, 13. He says, is there any among you who if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if your child asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion? He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father? Psalm 31, verse number 19 to 22. Oh, how abundant. Oh, how abundant. Great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. Which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. God has prepared some good things for you. I said, God has prepared some good things for you. I, I, I came to magnify the Lord. Nothing else but the Lord. Nothing else but Jesus Christ. He says, oh, look at how the psalmist said it. Oh, how great is your goodness that you have prepared for those who fear you. That you have, you have prepared for those who love you. And you, you, you kind of set this goodness in front of them before men. And he says that this is some of the things that this love does. He says he hides them in his secret place from the plots of men. Oh, let them plot, let them plot, let them plot, let them plot. The Bible says... He shall hide you. He shall hide you in the secret place from the plots of men. And then he says he shall keep them secretly in his pavilion. God is going to keep you in his pavilion. And he's keeping you from the strife of tongues. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah that every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. And that scripture is so popular, right? But herein he says also that sometimes you don't need to condemn because he's going to hide you anyway from them. He says he shall hide you. Say, hide me, hide me. Say, hide me, hide me. And so we can agree with the psalmist. So when he, in the verse 90, when he started the scripture by saying, Oh, how great. Oh, I pray that after this prayer fest, your words will be, Oh, how great is the goodness of God. 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 Oh, how great. Oh, how great. Oh, how great it is. 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 Ah. Mm. I pray that you encounter this goodness. The, the, you encounter the reason why he's demanding the release of his children. It's sheer goodness. Share goodness. His goodness is so great towards us that fear him. It's true.
It's true. It is true. And my prayer, my prayer is that shall bring you into that encounter of his goodness. You may have a seat. God loves you. And, and, and he has many ways of expressing his love. And one of the most pivotal ways that God expresses his love is by the manifestation of his power. And so I'm speaking tonight on the power of his love. And it is this love that made him look into Egypt. <laughs> and he said to Moses, I have seen the cry of my people. He said to Moses, I have seen their oppression. It is in the scriptures. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 7 to 8a. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. And I have heard their... Now, those are two different things. I want you to know that. He said, I have seen it. Without them crying to him or praying, he says, I have seen it. I want you to know that one. I want you to know that one because... Today, charismatism sells the love of God short. And they make it so dependent on your human effort. I'm not saying effort is not needed. Effort is needed. I've been spending time praying and fasting, yes. But here he says something. I want you to see this side of God. He says, I have seen it. Yeah, he has seen it. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what is oppressing you. And you've been told that this one... If you, don't, if you don't bring some money to the altar or fast for 40 days, you know, we have to fast. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that between the two, I will choose his love. He says, I have seen their oppression and I have heard their cry. Even if you have not been able to cry, know this in this prayer first. In this year of your preparation, that he has seen what you are going through. Isaiah 65 verse 24 says that before they call, I will answer. And while they were here speaking, he says, I would actually have heard them. This is the part of God I want you to know. And it is this great goodness and this love that caused him to be angry at Pharaoh. We are still on the team. Let my people. What happened? After, for everything Pharaoh was doing. All his idolatry. All the terrible things he was doing. God never got angry at him. God, God, God didn't bother about Pharaoh. Till he touched God's children. Till he touched God's children. Somebody thinks he has power to touch you. No. No. Till he touched God's children. Then that love, you know, the mothers know this thing. 
that, that, that love, that thing in there, arouses some divine abilities in God that makes him enter into Egypt and demand the release of his children. He has no problem with Pharaoh's idolatry. He has no problems with the things going on in Egypt until they touch his children. That thing thinks he's touching you and God is not speaking. Listen, and, 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 and let my people go is an instruction born out of love. Because I have a relationship with them and they ought to come and worship me. And that thing is taking away their time. That thing is taking away their time. That sickness is taking away your time. That child who has become stubborn is taking away your time. That issue is taking away your time of fellowship. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Anytime, anything that has become a stumbling block between your worship to God shall be removed in these four days. Because the Lord needs you. Anything that has become a limitation, God bless you, lady. Anything that has become a limitation shall be removed. The reason for him demanding their release is because he saw. And then what he saw was confirmed by their cry. Then that love in him, it was that same love that made him give us Jesus. That same love. All of a sudden, a people he did not have any issue with became his enemies. He visited them with about 10 plagues. He even killed their firstborn children. Just because somebody touched you. Just because. He loves you. I want you to know that he loves you. And he's mindful. And so God calls Moses and says, go. Go quickly to him. And when you go, tell him to release them. Then Moses said, so if they ask me who sent me, what shall I say to them? He says that, tell them I am whatever I choose to be. Oh, Bible students. He is whatever he chooses to be. He is whatever he chooses to be. Listen. I am what I want to be. We have identified with him as a deliverer of those in bondage. Isn't it? And he will be that to us. We've identified with him as a healer. And he will be that to us. We have identified with him as one who commands our release. And it shall be like that unto us. Hey, anything. I don't know whether it's sickness. I don't know whether it's disease or affliction. He says, whatever you choose him to be, he will be that for you. And so for some people... 
God is just a provider of their daily needs. He is to them. And there are others that God is able to do more because they identify with him as that. They see him as that. How do you see him? How are you seeing this God? He says, I am whatever I want to be. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord our... Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah, the Lord our healer. Jehovah Chikenu, the Lord, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. You understand? He is whatever he chooses to be. Now, sometimes the enemy tries, he tries to compete with the things that God does. So when he, he comes into your home <laughs> as a healer, then the enemy also comes to create some terrible sickness. When he comes into your home as a deliverer, then they want to bind another part of you. But no matter the face of the attack, Jehovah is whatever he chooses to be in that situation. It, it, it doesn't matter. One day in the Bible, and I'm going to try and stop, so we pray. One day in the Bible, they, they, they upset God and said that because they said that God is only a God of the hills, just because they said that, because when they got to the hills, Israel was winning the battles. So now they were thinking they would try the valley. And so the people were, you now God came to Israel and said, they are saying that I am just the God of the hills because of that. Just because of that, let them go down into the valley. And God will still give them victory. I don't know, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a marital thing, maybe it's a mental health thing, maybe it's an emotional thing, maybe it's a spiritual thing, but he is whatever he chooses to be. There is no aspect of your life that has become very new to him. He will heal you, he will deliver you, he will set you free, and I hear him crying to those who have held you bondage that let my people go. And that is a cry birthed out of love. Because his love for you is so great and he hides you. And so watch this. They get into one of the strongest kingdoms ever on earth. Egypt. Two men holding staffs, sticks. They walk into an entire kingdom with, with chariots and soldiers and and, 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 and they asked them, how are you coming to deliver them? He said, with these sticks and God. He said, we don't see any army. Moses and Aaron. He says, no, he is with us. <laughs> Moses was holding the same rod he ran away from Egypt with. And he brings that same rod to the place where he was defeated. Zephaniah 3, verse number 19. Zephaniah 3, 19. Quickly, please. He says, Behold, at the time I will deal with all who afflict you. And I will save the lame. And I will gather those who were driven out. And I will appoint for them praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. Are you listening? He says in the very place. You can continue. 
in the very place where you suffered shame. He says, in that same place, I shall appoint you unto praise and fame. In that same place, in that job, in that area, before those people that you saw shame. He says, in that same place, in that same place, in that same place. Do you have the King James? In that same place. He says, I, in that same place. So Moses goes back to this same place. Same stick. With Aaron. And then, the Exodus chapter 7. No, okay, so you can stay. He says, I will undo all that afflict you. Undo. Control Z. Undo. May God undo. May God undo. Every affliction, may God undo it. May God undo it. And the place, you, you, you went for an interview and you were put to shame. You were put to shame before some people. You were disappointed before some people. Listen, God will gather them again and give you praise and faith. Amen. Exodus chapter 7 verse 8. So they enter into this stronghold. And this is one of the strongest areas. Kingdoms. And not only did Pharaoh have a great military. He had strong sorcerers, witchcraft, magicians. And they empowered him. And don't think too much about Egypt and Israel. Look into your life now. He says in the place where you were put to shame. Can you imagine Moses going back to the same place? That same place he ran away from? That same place. That same place. No, the other. That same rod he ran away with. This time he stretched it before a sea and it opened. That same rod. That same rod. That same. He had no idea the power in that rod. He had no idea the grace of God at his disposal. And so Exodus 37, when they went there and they put the rod down, it turned into a, a snake. And what did they do? The sorceress in Pharaoh's house they did the same thing. These are not like those magicians. These are, these are people who are occultic people. He can turn a stick into a snake. And what Jehovah did, they did the same. These are dangerous people. I want you to know this. And these were the people that held Israel in bondage. And it was a combination of occultic power rulership and military power that kept them. Are you listening? And it was this combo that God sent a man with a stick to tell them, let my people go. And then when they challenged God, when God did a miracle, they also did the same. The first one was done. The second miracle, they did the same. Water into blood. They did the same. Then the plague of frogs. They did the same. Three, three. That's the score line. God and Egypt. The battle of love. Then the Lord said to them. Go down to Exodus 8. That was the fourth one. 
Exodus 8. Now the last time, verse number 18. We will take it from 16. So the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch your rod, strike the dust. And it will become lice throughout. And they did so. And Aaron stretched out his rod and struck the dust of the earth. And it became lice. Okay. Then verse 18, we should all look at it. And the magicians, so they've done this three times already, right? The blood, they did it. The rod into snake, they did it. Uh, the frogs, they did it. Now he's done another one. And this time when he did it, the Bible says, now the magicians, you can go back to your New King James, it's fine. He says, now the magicians so worked their enchantments to bring forth lies, but they could not. Three times they competed with your God. Anything God has done for you. There's something. Whatever God did, they repeated. But listen, between today and Sunday, God will act again. And the Bible says something. He said that, and they also started their enchantment to do the same thing, to oppose what God had done, but they could not. That is the best place to clap and glorify God. So, so the, 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 they consulted among themselves. And they began to wonder why the, their enchantment did not work. And they came to Pharaoh and said that the only thing that can stop this level of wickedness and this level of satanic power had to be the finger of God. And so, and so they said to him, this inability of our powers to work has to be the finger of God. I pray for somebody here that the finger of God shall arise on your behalf and silence every power in the name of Jesus. The same finger of God, the same finger of God shall arise for you and silence every stronghold every form of bondage in the name of Jesus. You have proof that when they worked the enchantments, it worked. There was proof. They did it three times and it worked. Now, why did it not work this fourth time? Today, there will be silence in the camp of your enemy. First Kings chapter 18, verse 25 to 29. I said there will be silence in the camp of your enemy. No, I want you to understand it. That the thing worked three times. Why is it not working? And the Bible says they did the things they had to do. Your God is bigger. And when it comes out because of love, don't worry. You have some breakthroughs, but the devil also did something. And so, it appears you were unable to celebrate it. Because whenever God did it, they also did it. Yeah, before I go to 1 Kings, just show me um, 2 Kings 5. He was a what? I want to hear you. He was a what? He was a great and honorable man in the sight of the Lord. And what else? Because uh -huh. by him, the Lord had given victory 
God, to Syria. Hold on. By, because of Naaman, God gave victory to Syria. Oh, are you here? Yes. Or you want me to just do some skills and you jump and no? No. <laughs> we passed that era. No. You have to understand the word and use the word. Because you will not be able to call your pastor some 3 a.m. You have to know the word. He was a great man. Have you, how many people in the Bible were described as great men? Like, I didn't even know God. He was a great man. And because of him, God gave an entire nation victory. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Because of you, God will give your family victory. God will bring victory into your home. God will bring victory into that marriage. God will save that child. God will save that child. Because of you. Because of you. But before we could even celebrate him. Before we could even celebrate him. That verse didn't even end. What God was doing in his life. Satan also came and did something. Just like the, 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 the miracles of Moses and Aaron. Before they could celebrate the rod turning into a serpent, the magicians did the same thing. Before they could celebrate the power of God in turning water into wine, they did the same thing. So where is the basis for your release? Because you have not proven any power greater than what we have. Where is the basis? We can't let them go just because you turned the stick into a serpent. We just did the same. Even though your serpent swallowed ours, we also had the same transformation. Where is the basis? The basis for your release is in his love for you. Unconditional love for you. Unconditional love for you. Naaman was great. Naaman, God used him. And then what else? Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. And they were. He was a mighty man. Listen to that. But, but scripture did not end. Can, can I preach to somebody? When they are writing the chronicles of your victory, there will not be any but in it. Well, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. You have no idea. I said when they are writing your story, there will not be any but in it. He was a great man. He was an honorable man. By him, the Lord had given victories. He was a mighty man of valor. The story should have ended there. But it did not end there. Look at the negative thing they added. But he was a leper. Look at that. Trying to what? To tell us, ignore every great story in this man's life. And now focus on his leprosy. The fact that he had this thing that he could never get over. You understand? He was a great man. By him, God had given many victories. By him, God had done this. He was a mighty man. Um, but, but he was a failure. But his marriage was failed. But there was this problem. But there was this problem. I'm telling you that between now and the end of this prayer first, that the chronicles of your life story shall be devoid of negativity. It shall be devoid of negativity. It shall be devoid of negativity. 
It shall be devoid of negativity. In the name of Jesus. Is this not wickedness? Is this not? What is this? What a story of a man. That could not end with such greatness. But had to end with this. Wherever the orchestration is coming from. It will be silenced in Jesus name. First Kings 18, 25 to 29. First oh. Kings 18, 25 to 29. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Go on. So they took the bull which was given them mm -hmm. and they prepared it mm -hmm. and called on the name of Baal mm -hmm. from morning even till noon saying, oh Baal, hear us. Listen, I'm ending now. 450 prophets of Baal plus another 400 of Asherah, 850 and one prophet of Jehovah. Okay? And by this time, all the prophets had been killed. So Elijah thought he was alone. And he arranges a contest. You feel you are left alone. You feel the challenges of the enemy has kept you down. Listen, I'm saying that because of this, our thing, everywhere demonic bondages are orchestrated, it will be silenced. So he said to them, now I want you to know that 450 prophets and a king are not foolish people to come into a contest that they know they, have, they, they, they cannot rely on their techniques. So whatever they were coming to do was not the first time they were doing it. Alright? They were things that they had already tested. Just like the magicians in Pharaoh's house. They did it one, two, three. That it worked. It worked. So, so they, 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 they got there and they started doing what? He said, they cried from morning till morning till evening. And they said, Baal, hear us. Baal, hear us. But what? My reader, come on. There was, there was no voice. Somebody say no voice. There was no voice and no one answered them. There was no voice and no one answered them. You, you can go on. So, so now they had prayed for about six hours and there was no response. I'm saying this was not the first, this was not something they were trying. This was something they knew that it worked. So continue the reading. And so was go, go to go to 28. Okay. Don't mind Elijah. He's mocking. 28. Mm -hmm. So they cried aloud. So now they move to the next thing they normally do. They started crying loud. You, when you pray one day, you don't hear answer. You don't change tactics. Look at them. They pray from morning to afternoon. There was no answer. Then they changed. Now they move to the next phase, crying loud. Uh -huh. And what happened? And cut themselves. And then they started cutting themselves. Even, even in service, right? You won't come. Hmm. 
they were cutting themselves and because it was not the first time listen to what he said as as was their custom this is something that they knew they could rely on they didn't come to it's not try and error this was something that bothered about life and death so they came there to do their custom and their custom is when they pray to Baal and he doesn't answer they cry and when they cry and he doesn't answer then they cut themselves so the Bible says they started cutting themselves with knives. It's not clap your hands in chest, you won't clap. Oh. It's cutting themselves with knives and lances until blood gushed out of them. And then what happened? What happened? And when midday was passed. So when this didn't work, you should listen. They first started by just praying. It didn't work. Then they cried. It didn't work. And now they cut themselves. It didn't work. And then they did what? And when midday was passed, huh? they prophesied. Then they started prophesying. Four levels of supplication. By oh, satanic the time of offering. And so they did, they prophesied until the evening sacrifice. And then listened to the same thing that happened. What happened? But there was no voice. There was no voice. Somebody said there was no voice. And what again? No one answered. No one answered. No one paid attention. I'm rest my case for today. Listen to that. Listen to that. Look at the emphasis there. Three things. No voice. Which means normally when they do those things, a voice answers them. But this time, because they had come into contention with the love of Jehovah for his people. Just one man. One man that made a mistake. You don't know Elijah made a mistake on that battle. That's a mistake. Elijah thought he was alone. That's why he went to kill people. When he finished, God said, Nevertheless, I have 7,000 that have him bound. So that's not my emphasis though. But this thing was not necessary. But I'm saying even one man, he was still, after this battle, you know he went to heaven. Because this, was, this wasn't called for. When he did this, he said, it's okay, you come home. Even he himself, he went to sit under a tree and said, it's okay, kill me, I'm tired. So that, this was not necessary, but that's not my focus of the message. My focus is one man who had predicted something wrongly. God still will not allow him to be put to shame. But interestingly, there's a voice that answers your enemy's prayer. There's someone that pays attention when your enemies pray. There is a voice that hears them when they prophesy. But on this fateful day, like it was in the, the courthouse of Pharaoh, the Bible says there was no voice. No one answered. No one 